wala and not tanfa'u shafa'atu intercession can benefit no intercession can benefit indahu near him illa except liman for the one who adina lahu he gives permission to him meaning intercession can only work if allah allows the intercessor to intercede a prophet an angel whoever it may be can only intercede when allah will allow them this was another form of shirk that existed amongst the people of arabia that they would say that we only worship the angels for example why because they will intercede for us they intercede for us we want something we don't ask allah directly we ask the angels because they're closer to allah we ask these righteous beings because they're closer to allah right this was a form of shirk what is intercession that you want something or you want that some harm some difficulty should be removed from you and you can't take your case forward yourself so what do you do you request someone else to speak on your behalf to get you the benefit that you want or to remove the harm from you that you want to be removed this is basically intercession all right so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making clear over here that even intercession cannot benefit unless allah gives permission to those people to intercede hatta until hatta until idha when fuzzi'a the terror is removed an qulubihim from their hearts the word fuzzi'a from the root letters fa zai'in faza' what does faza' mean terror fear and fuzzi'a is when the faza' is taken away fuzzi'a an qulubihim when the terror is removed from their hearts meaning the angels the prophets they will not even speak until the terror is removed from their hearts and when it is removed from their hearts qalu they said they will say mada qala rabbukum what is it that your lord has said qalu they say al haqq the truth wa huwa al aliyyul kabir and he is the most high the grand what this ayah is telling us is that the angels do not speak except after allah's permission because in his presence they are afraid then how can those who have stood as rivals to allah speak and intercede for others on that day if the angels wait they are afraid they do not speak before allah except after his permission then what do you think about these false gods that you've made can they speak before allah without his permission no they cannot because of allah's might and power No one can dare to intercede with him in any matter except after he gives permission to them. In Surah Naba' we learn Rabbis samawati wal ardi wa ma baynahuma ar-rahman la yamlikuna minhu khitaba. They will not no one has the authority to speak before him. Yawma yaqum ar-ruh wal malaikatu as-saffa the day when the angels and ar-ruh meaning jibril will stand in rows la yatakallamun none will speak illa man adina lahu ar-rahman wa qala sawaba except the one whom the most merciful allows and then he says that which is correct so this is what's going to happen on the day of judgment you see the mushrikeen one of their false beliefs was regarding intercession this does not mean that there will be no intercession in the hereafter there will be 
But there are certain rules for that. Alright? But one of their false beliefs was that we worship these idols because they intercede for us. They will be a means of drawing us closer to Allah. So their false belief is being refuted over here. There is a hadith in which we learn that when Allah the Exalted speaks to send revelation, alright? Meaning, when the Qur'an was being revealed on the Prophet wasallam, And remember that the Qur'an is Allah's kalam. Right? It's Allah's speech. So whenever Allah the Exalted speaks to send revelation, the inhabitants of the heaven, meaning the angels, they hear a sound and they swoon, meaning they faint. They're overcome with so much fear knowing that Allah is giving a command that they faint. And they continue to remain like that until Jibreel comes to them. And when Jibreel comes to them, they recover. And they say, O Jibreel, ماذا قال ربكم? What is it that your Lord has said? And Jibreel says, قالوا الحق. Your Lord has spoken the truth. And the angels, in response, they say, الحق, الحق. وهو العلي الكبير. And Allah, He is the Most High, the Most Grand. What is this ayah telling us? Whether this ayah is talking about when wahi was sent to the Prophet wasallam or any other command Allah gives to the angels, or it's talking about the Day of Judgment, because all these interpretations are correct. Whatever the interpretation may be, what is each interpretation telling us about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Really, the fact is, مَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ We have not given Allah the right that He deserves. We have not understood Him correctly. We have not known Him correctly. We have not given Him the rank and the qadr that He deserves. Really we have not. Because if we did, then we would be grateful. Ingratitude is a result of ignorance and foolishness. It is a result of ignorance and foolishness. And gratitude is a result of what? Awareness, humility, wisdom. Because wisdom is what? Put something where it belongs. So shukr is knowing that what I have is from Allah. And it is showing the gratitude that Allah is deserving of. The surah is Makki. Now there is an emphasis on Tawheed, refutation of shirk. And the people of Makkah, the opponents of the Prophet ﷺ, they're being addressed over here. And some arguments and proofs are being given over here. قُلْ say, say to these people, ask them, that مَنْ يَرْزُقُكُمْ Who provides you مِنَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ From the skies and the earth. Who is the one who gives you provision from the sky in the form of rain, in the form of sunlight, and from the earth? Plants and fruit, provision, food. So much provision He is giving you from above you and from beneath your feet. Who's giving that to you? When they say nothing, then you tell them, قُلْ say Allah. Allah is the provider who is giving you provision from above and from below. And then say to them, that وَإِنَّا and إِنَّا indeed we أَوْ or إِيَّاكُمْ you La'ala, surely upon hudan, guidance, aw or fi dalalim mubin, in clear air. Either 
us or you are upon guidance or upon clear misguidance. Meaning one is upon guidance and the other is upon misguidance. It's not possible that two contrary beliefs would be guidance at the same time. Or two contrary beliefs would be misguidance at the same time. You see over here, by asking the mushrikeen, مَن يَرْزُقُكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ قُلِ اللَّهِ What is being established? That Allah alone is the raziq. And when He alone is the raziq, the provider, that means that shukr should be shown to who? To Allah. And ibadah, worship, is a form of shukr. Isn't it? It's a form of shukr. So that means, when Allah is the provider, that means He alone should be worshipped. Right? This is what the Prophet ﷺ taught. This is what the Qur'an says. When Allah is the provider, then He should be worshipped. What is it that the mushrikeen believed in? Allah is the provider, but we worship who? So many other gods along with Allah. Why? Because they are our shufa'a. Alright? Now these are completely different beliefs. One is logical. You thank the giver. You worship the giver. And the other is illogical. Why would you thank and worship others who haven't done anything to you, who don't own anything, who don't have any power, who cannot harm you or benefit you? That's illogical. So now it's being made clear that either us or you are upon guidance. One of us is upon guidance and the other is upon misguidance. Both cannot be right. We say Allah gives and He should be worshipped. You say someone else gives or Allah gives and someone else should be worshipped. One has to be right and the other is wrong. What does it show to us? The truth is one. The truth is one. As difficult and as scary as it may seem, this is the reality. The truth is one. قُلْ say, لَا تُسْأَلُونَ You will not be questioned. عَمَّا About that which أَجْرَمْنَا We have committed. You're not going to be asked about what we are committing. وَلَا نُسْأَلُوا And we are not going to be asked عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ About what you are doing. Notice over here, عَمَّا أَجْرَمْنَا أَجْرَمْنَا is basically used for committing crimes. Were the Muslims committing crimes? I mean, the Prophet ﷺ, the Sahaba, were they doing anything wrong? No. Why is this word, أَجْرَمْنَا, used over here? Because in the eyes of the mushrikeen, they were committing great crimes by not worshipping those idols. Right? So say to these people, that even if you think what we are doing is wrong, still remember, you are not going to be asked about our deeds, and we are not going to be asked about your deeds. The fact is that each and every person is responsible for what? For his deeds. And is answerable for what? For his own deeds. In Surah Yunus, Ayah 41, وَإِن كَذَّبُوكَ فَقُلْ لِي عَمَلِي وَلَكُمْ عَمَلُكُمْ Tell them, for me are my deeds and for you are your deeds. Because you see, the problem of the mushrikeen was that firstly they weren't believing and secondly they weren't leaving the Muslims alone either. They were persecuting them for worshipping Allah alone. Right? Remember when the mushrikeen, they would attack the Prophet ﷺ in his salah. They would attack the companions because of their worshipping Allah alone. As if the Muslims were committing some kind of a crime by worshipping Allah alone. This is why it was said that 
do you kill a man simply because he says, Rabbi Allah? You hurt a man simply because he says, my Lord is Allah alone. What's wrong in this statement? So basically this ayah means, let us do what we're doing. Let us do what we're doing. قُلْ say يَجْمَعُ بَيْنَنَا يَجْمَعُ He will gather بَيْنَنَا Between us رَبُّنَا Our Lord Meaning He will bring us all together When? On the Day of Judgment ثُمَّ then يَفْتَحُ بَيْنَنَا He will judge between us Look at the word that's used for judgment يَفْتَحُ From فَتْح فَتَحَ فَتَحَ literally means to open الْفَاتِحَ The opening Right? But judgment is also called fath. Why? Because when the right judgment is made, then what happens? The matter is open. It's open as in it's clear. What is right? What is wrong? Who's innocent? Who's guilty? So, ثُمَّ يَفْتَحُ بَيْنَنَا بِالْحَقِّ Then Allah will judge between us in truth. That He will show, He will manifest who is upon truth and who is not. He will make this clear. When? On the Day of Judgment. وَهُوَ And He is الْفَتَّاحُ الْعَلِيمُ The Fattah, the judge, who is Al-Alim, the one who knows. The knowing judge. More names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. الْفَتَّاحُ الْعَلِيمُ One of your homework is that you have to find names of Allah from this surah. Alright? Even in the recent verses we learned, Al-Kabir. Right? The Great One. So, وَهُوَ الْفَتَّاحُ الْعَلِيمُ He is the knowing judge. فَتَّاح from فَتَحَ And فَتَّاح means one who opens and also one who judges. So doors that are closed, ways that are closed, opportunities that are not there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is فَتَّاح. He creates an exit. He creates an opportunity. He creates a way out. And He is الْفَتَّاح. Matters that are you know, in utter confusion, you cannot tell right from wrong. Allah is Al-Fattah. He makes clear the right from the wrong. He is the judge and He is Al-Alim. Qul, say, Aruni, show me. Meaning you inform me. Alladina, those who, Al-Haqtum, you have attached. Be with Him as Shuraka, as partners. Al-Haqtum from the root letters, Lam, Ha, Qaf. Ilhaq is to join something with another, to attach it. Alright? To attach it. So show me all of these beings that you have attached to him, to Allah as partners. That you have placed them at the same level as that of Allah. Meaning, prove it to me. Are they really God? Prove it to me. Kalla. No way. It's not possible. How could they be? At the level of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How could they be shuraka to Allah? Bal rather, who Allah, He is Allah, Al-Azizul Hakim. More names. He is the exalted in might, the wise. He is Al-Aziz, Dhul Izza, the owner of all honor, the owner of all power, Al-Aziz, and He is Al-Hakim, the most wise. So He has no rival, He has no partner, He has no equal. So in these verses, the shirk of the mushrikeen is being refuted. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ And we have not sent you, you as in O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِلَّا except كَافَّةً لِلنَّاسِ Comprehensively 
for all of mankind or as a savior of all mankind the word kafa kafa from the root letters kaf fa fa kafa what does kafa mean kafa to restrain to stop kafa an all right it's basically used for the hand for the palm all right and with that what do you do you stop so think of it this way somebody is about to fall off a cliff and you go and you stop them from falling you're using your hands so kafa one who stops meaning one who saves we have sent you as a savior of mankind the word kafa is also from the word kafaf and kafaf is to completely surround something to completely surround all without any exception all right so kafatan meaning in entirety comprehensively meaning to all of linnas all of mankind to every nation every people without exception the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was sent as a savior as a mercy he was sent comprehensively linnasi for all people arab and non arab people of his time and the people to come later bashiran wa nadira as a bringer of good news and a bringer of warning walakinna aktharan nasi la ya'lamun but most of the people do not know what is it that they don't know they don't even know that allah sent someone to save them they have no idea that allah sent this noble teacher to save us to rescue us literally you know in a hadith we learn that the example of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is like that of a person who lights a fire and then you know moths and all of these bugs they keep going towards the fire right and then there are people who are falling off this is the state of people kuntum ala shafa hufratin min nar you were at the edge of the cliff about to fall in the fire and what is the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam doing rescuing 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 the people don't fall don't fall stop right here watch where you're going he was sent as kafa and he wasn't just sent for his family he wasn't just sent for the people of his city he wasn't just sent for the arabs he was sent for who all of mankind but majority of the people are unaware they have no idea forget about non-muslims even muslims do we have any idea about how the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was we have so many misconceptions about him bismillah assalamu alaykum that's why we have to learn the seerah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we have to know the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then we love him more than ourselves otherwise we will say ولكن لا يعلمون we don't know why we love him more than ourselves yes. so that's why we have to study the sirah exactly ولكن اكثر الناس لا يعلمون people have no idea about him they have no knowledge about his purpose you know people who do know about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a prophet they think that he was a prophet sent for who only for muslims right but he was sent for who all of mankind In a hadith we learned the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said I have been sent to bu'ithu ila al-aswad wal ahmar I have been sent to the black and the red meaning regardless of skin color all races all people 
In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 158, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ جَمِيعًا O mankind, I am a messenger of Allah to all of you together. In Surah Al-Furqan, Ayah 58, we learn, تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي نَزَّلَ الْفُرْقَانَ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ لِيَكُونَ لِلْعَالَمِينَ نَذِيرًا So that the servant of Allah would be a warner to who? عَالَمِينَ All the people of the worlds. وَيَقُولُونَ And they say, مَتَى هَذَا الْوَعْدُ When is this promise? Which promise? The day of judgment. إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you should be truthful. Look at what is being said to them and what they are asking about. The Prophet ﷺ was sent as your Savior. You're ignoring his message and arguing? Why is this ayah placed over here? Shows the attitude of the mushrikeen. The Prophet ﷺ was sent to save them, rescue them, deliver the good news and the warning to them. And they completely ignored his message and they argued with him. So prove it to us. When is the day of judgment going to be? When is it going to happen? Allah says, قُلْ Say to them, لَكُمْ for you is mi'ad appointment. Mi'ad from وَوْعَيْنْدَالْ A time of wa'ad, meaning a time that has been promised, appointment. Appointment of yawmin of a certain day. And this is the day of death. That appointment is fixed. Death is what? It's an appointed time. It's a fixed time. لَا تَسْتَأْخِرُونَ عَنْهُ سَاعَةً لَا نَاتْ تَسْتَأْخِرُونَ You can remain thereafter. تَسْتَأْخِرُونَ from Hamza Kha Ra. Hamza Kha Ra. Alright? Akhir, Ukhra, Ta'khir. Same root. Alright? What does it mean? To delay. Istikhar, not istikhara. That is from khair. This is istikhar, tasta'khiruna. It means to delay, to remain behind, to defer, to postpone. So that appointment, when the time of it arrives, then لا تستأخرون عنه ساعة You cannot remain after that for even an hour. Meaning you cannot defer it for even an hour. You cannot tell the angel of death, come to me one hour later, so that I can read some Qur'an and give some sadaqah and wrap up all the important things in my life. No. لا تستأخرون عنه ساعة ولا تستقدمون Nor can you precede it. تستقدمون from قاف دال ميم قدم forward so you cannot bring it forward. You cannot bring it ahead of its time. Meaning the time of death is fixed. It's not going to change. It's not going to move forward or back. And that is definite. So stop arguing and start preparing. In Surah Yunus Ayah 49, we learn, لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ أَجَلٍ إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ فَلَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ For every nation is a fixed time. When their time has arrived, they will not remain behind an hour, nor will they precede it. We were talking about the part of the lesson today on gratefulness and how important it is to be grateful for even the little things that you don't think about. It's easy to be grateful for the big things like safety, education, and knowledge and those things, but so many little things that you don't even realize you have in your life, like a family, the fact that you have Islam in your life, the fact that you understand the truth, and, and the fact that you have knowledge and wisdom to implement it with. It was a good reminder to see that, like the part about the kingdom of Saba, they only had 
uh, two things. They had their reservoirs and their profits through trade, and they lost both those things because of how ungrateful they were. So it's, it's a good reminder to continue to be grateful because Allah can easily take it all away. You see, when Allah gives us something, that's a test, right? A test of what? What the servant is going to do. What we are going to do with that blessing. Or what we're going to do on receiving that blessing. So every blessing is temporary. It's not eternal in this world. And every blessing is a test. Right? So what is being seen is, إِمَّا شَاكِرًا وَإِمَّا كَفُورًا Either a person can be grateful or he can be ungrateful. And some blessings, they may be very apparent, very visible. And then there are other blessings which are hidden. So opening up our eyes and reflecting and noticing and being grateful for the blessings that we see and also for the blessings that we don't see. Blessings that we feel and also the blessings that we don't really feel. All the blessings. Right? And this is why we have been taught, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I mean, think about it. In salah, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Isn't it? After salah also, Alhamdulillah, so many times. Why this tasbih of Alhamdulillah so many times in a day? Because no matter how much Alhamdulillah we say, it's not enough. Go ahead. Assalamualaikum. I had a question regarding like a blessing, but that can also be a test. Like obviously all blessings are a test. But with regards to, for example, children that are disobedient to their parents, in a way like, the parents are supposed to be grateful for having those children, but then they're also a huge test for them. So how is a person supposed to stay grateful at that time? Sabr, being patient over the harm that a person experiences, right? that is also a form of shukr. And this is why you see that sabr and shukr always come together. right? It is said that we were tested through bad times and we were patient. And we were tested through good times and we were not patient. Because patience in good times is gratitude. So when we are facing some other, some form of hurt or harm through a blessing, then that is a time of sabr, not a time of expressing frustration. That is a time of dua, you know, for relief, etc., for ease, not a time of complaining. Yeah, I mean, it is said, we learn in some reports that prophets were even sent to these people. All right? Because this was a very ancient kingdom. Very ancient kingdom. So Allahu Adam, maybe prophets were sent to them. If not, then definitely Allah did send warners to every community. Right? So they knew about Iman. Yes. So I just want to share something else. I saw a TED Talk recently. This man, his name is Nick Vojcic. It's a really good one to watch. Alhamdulillah, he was born without any limbs. He doesn't have any legs or arms. And he's the most grateful, most ha- like happiest person you could possibly listen to. He was speaking at a school as well and telling all these, because it was a high school, and he was telling the teenagers, you know, you hear about girls who have eating disorders and always looking at themselves and saying how unhappy they are with the way they look. And he's like, be grateful for the way you look imagine you were me imagine you didn't have any limbs you know and he's just so grateful for every little thing he has for having a family that um, his mom was told to abort him when she was pregnant with him and for having a family who still wanted him and a wife and kids it shows you how grateful you have to be yeah definitely alright 
I will be given the six million dollars. So the ni'mah we have, the sense, the organ, everything, we don't realize. Uh, I just saw the last part of the lesson where it said that it's um, definite. I was watching a documentary about uh, finding a cure for cancer and how it started in the 1950s in America. And the end of the documentary, a Harvard professor, he was saying that we can know what causes cancer and how cancer happens and all this stuff, but we'll never stop death from coming. It's always going to be there. I'm not going to be able to conquer it. But with that being said, if that is true and we're never going to be able to stop death from coming, is there really a purpose for finding cures for things such as cancer? I know that's a hard question, but... Okay, is I, that a question for yeah. me? Yeah. Yes, because the Prophet ﷺ said that the kulli da'in dawa for every... Uh, disease is a cure and seek the cure right so we have been told to seek the cure I mean in the Quran if Allah has told us that honey is shifa right in it is shifa for people that means that we have to try our best to find shifa right but it doesn't mean that in search of shifa we begin to hate death or we begin to think that we can somehow conquer death or we can defeat it no that's not going to happen right Recitation of these ayat. <laughs> يرزقكم من السماوات والأرض قل الله وإنا أو إياكم لعلى هدى أو في ضلال مبين قل لا تسألون عما أجرمنا ولا نسأل عما إلا كافة للناس بشيرا ونذيرا ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون ويقولون متى هذا الوعد إن كنتم صادقين قل لكم 